You're listening to The Blind Stealing the Blinds, a podcast by students of the game for students of the game. Join Dell and BJ in conversations about poker theory and bridging the gap between theory and application. We're all in this together. This week's topic, suited connectors just aren't that great. Hey, Dell, how's it going this week? It's going really good. I'm changing jobs, so it's going to be a little interest getting uh, organized for this week, going to a different plant and uh, changing my job scope a little bit. So I'm kind of excited about it. My benefits will be better. I'm kind of uh, annoyed with it because I got to reorganize everything in my life, but still got everything scheduled out for my study time, some play time, and, uh, and of course, some podcast time. How's your week going? Well, good. Well, good to hear that. Before I answer how my week's going, you know I'm pretty much an organizational expert. So if you need any help organizing something, you know where to find me. So glad to hear that you have a good job that's got even better benefits. So that's great. I mean, benefits are where it's at. If you live in America, if you live in Canada or the UK or somewhere else, you already got benefits, a little bit jealous, but I'm glad to hear that you have a place that has good benefits. My week's been going great. I'm working on developing some apps. And I went to a party yesterday. It ended up being a scotch tasting that a buddy invited me to. And I made some contacts that might be able to help me develop these applications. The problem is I'm not a computer scientist. I'm not a computer engineer. I just am a project manager for computer projects in the IT realm, but I can't develop myself. So I need to find help to develop these apps. And now I've made some connections and I'm super excited about it. And one of them specifically is geared towards poker. And it's like a poker mentor that you and I had talked about. And I think it's going to be a great application. And just a little teaser for the people listening. I think that the value proposition for this app is going to be huge because this app is going to help players play at a consistently high level by focusing their attention during breaks. We all know it's important to step away from the table take breaks, take walks, take stock where your game is. And this app will walk you through some questions and answers that you can reflect on to bring yourself back to your A game. And if being at your A game earns you just one big blind more per hour, over 40 hours a month, that's $120 at the 1-3. So I'm really excited about that app. Yes, that's one thing I'm working on. And I hopefully people can hear the, the passion in my voice as I'm trying to bring this idea to fruition. One idea that people love is playing suited connectors. And I know that you wanted to talk about suited connectors. They're your favorite class of hands, and I'm not really sure why. So why do you love suited connectors so much? Because, I mean, they can get you in a whole heap of trouble. They really can get you in a lot of trouble, but I love suited connectors. They're so fun to play. For starters, when you play suited connectors, when you get there, when you get your hand, suited connectors get paid. And they get paid because they often make disguised hands. When you hit two pairs, there's often going to be a two pair hand that nobody's expecting you to play. When you hit straights, they can often be disguised in that sense too, because especially depending on the action pre-flop, people may not think they're in your range. So the thing about them is that there's a lot of good things about them. They give you some board coverage. They give us an opportunity to play more hands. And let's be honest, I mean, poker is more fun when you get to play more hands, right? So There's a lot to like about suited connectors. There really is. The problem is, you know, these are my favorite hands, but they're also the hand I remove from my range first is suited connectors. And by the way, 
we can add in here one gappers and occasionally double gappers. I like those two for the same reasons, right? But they're also the first hands I'm going to remove from my range when the situation calls for hands to be removed. I find it interesting that you say playing more hands is more fun, coming from you, because you and I talk about being well-constructed and not deviating for the wrong reasons. And I would say, hey, I want to play more poker because it's more fun is not really the deviation I'm looking for. For me, it's more fun to win more money. And if that means playing fewer hands, I'm still going to fold like 80% of the time, but I'm going to play that 20% of hands well because I have defaulted lines and I know how to deviate and exploit based on player tendencies and the player pool and all that kind of stuff. So I got to push back a bit. What do you mean by, hey, I want to play more poker. I want to play more hands. That's more fun. There's literally nothing wrong with what I just said there. There isn't. Poker is more fun when you can play more hands. But let me boil it down a little bit more. Poker is more fun when you can play more winning hands. Okay, I'll, I'll buy that. <laughs> and I'll buy that. So there are ways to play suited connectors that can lead to having more winning hands, more lines to play that are going to increase our EV. But there's a huge problem with suited connect. Suited connectors just aren't that great. They're really not. I love them, and I have to admit that they're not that great. <laughs> you know. So what are some of the problems with suited connectors? Well, most players are just calling behind with suited connectors. And this in, in and of itself is not really a problem. The problem is not understanding that at what stack depth do we want to call behind and when we want to raise or three bet with them. And sometimes the answer is at this stack depth, we're going to just fold them because they don't have the value we need. Another thing about them is not understanding how to set up suited connectors to play post-flop in a way that they can win without making a hand. What most people are doing, they're calling behind with those suited connectors, right? What they don't understand is that that means they have to make a hand for that suited connector to really have a good chance of winning the pot. This is one of those big things. So when we start looking at it, what are the solutions to that? Well, one of the solutions is raising them, right? And at what stack depth? So when we look at it, part of the solutions to setting your, your suited connectors up to play successfully post-flop is if you're calling behind, you're going to need a lot of implied odds to make up for all the time that those suited connectors don't make a hand because you're going to miss so often with that hand or worse. And this here is another one of the problems with the hand. You're going to get a draw and you're going to be drawing to a flush or a straight, but you're going to have the bottom of the straight or you're going to have a flush, but somebody else is going to have a bigger flush and you're going to be faced with a lot of reverse implied odds. When we're looking at it, we want to make sure that if we're calling behind with this hand, it's because there's a lot of implied odds there to make up for those times when we get hit with those reverse implied odds and them times that we just miss completely. I want to drill down into a concrete example for where it gets you into trouble in that way. I played this weekend and the guy next to me actually showed me this hand before he folded and then he disgustedly folded the hand. Here's what happened. So we're playing 2-5. He limps. Somebody in position raises to 30, gets back to him, and he calls. The flop is queen, seven, deuce, rainbow. And he checks. Pre-flop aggressor bets 40. He calls because now he hit his hand. He hit part of the hand. He ended up having seven, six suited. 
he caught middle pair. And now he's thinking, I got to stay in because I still might get a six. I might get another seven. Now I really think about the pot odds. He calls another 70. The turn is a brick, check, bet, and he shows me and then disgustingly folds. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy just threw away $70 by playing the student connector passively. Had he played it aggressively, let's say he raised first in. Well, now he can rep the top and bottom portion. He can rep his entire range. He could rep a queen there. Sure, he only has 7-6. He only has middle pair, but there's no reason why he couldn't represent the queen. And then he continuation bets. You know, they call it the C-bet. Turn comes a brick. They fire another bullet representing top pair again, and they get it through. And now this guy wins a pot. So that's just one example of where these suited connectors can get you into trouble. I see it so often. To be honest, it's happened to myself a number of times. But yeah, the biggest problem I have with these suited connectors is I hear you that they're fun to play. They can still get in a bunch of trouble. And I don't think people understand these solutions that you're proposing that this is why we need to avoid playing these because of these conditions. Yeah. Listen, first of all, again, I am a strong advocate for playing suited connectors. But, you know, I want to make this clear. I'm not telling anybody not to play them. But I, I think that it's important to know how to play them and when to play them. So like you literally just talked about the other side of it. I said setting these up for success post-flop by making sure there's enough implied odds when you're calling behind. Well, you're talking about the raising part, which is another way to set them up for success, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what this guy did was he set himself up for failure because he played it passively. At lower stack depths, and I'm thinking 150 big blinds or less, when we're playing at 150 big blinds deep or less, these hands function better as a raise than they do a call. And therein lies the thing that I don't think a lot of people understand. They were taught 15 years ago or 10 years ago that pseudo connectors play well post-flop multi-weight. That's not true. The solvers have proven it's not true. So one of the ways we want to set them up for success, we want to set up our suited connectors for success by taking an, an aggressive line often when it's called for, it's a wonderful part of a hold range or a merged range to be able to do this because then you can have so many different lines you can take post-flop to manufacture EV. But you can't manufacture that EV if you're just calling behind. Then you're just along for the ride. And that is not where we want to be in poker. We don't want to be along for the ride. We want to be in the driver's seat. And if we're going to be playing this aggressively, I would imagine position comes into play. I would think we'd want to play aggressively in position because honestly, our key money-making spot is when we are the pre-flop aggressor in position because we have more information than our opponent with an uncapped range. They are in a worse position with a capped range and we're going to be able to give them guided tours of one, two, three streets of value town. And we can do this with a suited connector, which we wouldn't be able to do if we took those actions out of position. It's very important. Theoretically, if we're opening these up in later positioning, then we have to open them up from earlier positions also. But this isn't the practical reality of an actual low stakes game. In a low stakes game, there's no reason for us to have to open suited connectors in early position. There really just isn't because we're going to be doing so much better. There's no need to expand our range down that low in a lower stakes game until we get into the hijack, the cutoff, and the button. You know, and if you're not comfortable in the hijack, then don't play them in the hijack. Because that's one of the things. That's the other thing. People hear that they should be playing suited connectors. So what do they do? They go and they play them um, 
just for the sake of playing them, and they're not comfortable with them. And you have to start playing them at some point. But you don't have to play 5-4 suited. Start with 10-9 suited and work your way down a little at a time and, and be comfortable with how you're playing them. You're going to find more success playing these from later positions than you are in early positions. And that's the truth of every hand. I mean, it's not that's not new just to suited connectors. But suited connectors, one of the things I said earlier is they get paid when you hit. Well, the, one of the easiest ways to get paid is being in position because you always get to have those three streets. If you're out of position, you might miss a street of, of value. I think this gets to the reason why range charts expand in positions. And a lot of people don't really know why the range charts expand. They've looked online, they've seen range charts, and they know, hey, I'm in, I'm in under the gun, I'm going to play this really tight range. I'm on the button, I'm going to play this much wider range of every suited ace and most suited kings and a bunch of suited queens and all these pocket pairs and all these suited connectors, maybe down to 5-4, and all these suited gappers, maybe down to 7-5. They look at those charts but they don't understand the reasoning behind the charts. And I think what we're doing in part here is speaking to the reasons behind why you see those charts. Why do you see those suited connectors and gappers and double gappers in the range charts of cutoff and button? This is why. Because you're able to play those hands profitably in position. Even if you don't hit, you can manufacture EV in ways that you can't do it if you're out of position. But you mentioned stack depth matter. You've mentioned that a couple times. So what's the danger in playing a suited connector if we're only, let's say, 50 big blinds deep. What's the harm? You actually can play a suited connector if you're only 50 big blinds deep. So let's talk about that for a minute. When can you play it when, it when you're at that level? And then I'm going to say when you just shouldn't play them. If I have a person who overfolds to raises, I can still play suited connectors. I can pretty much play any part of my range, right? Even though I'm only 50 big blinds deep because they're overfolding. So I can play suited connectors against that player. They're overfolding. Whether it be they limp and fold or they raise and fold, they have provided me with an opportunity to to take their chips. They've made it easy. By the way that they play, they've made it easy for me. And I don't have to remove suited connectors. But let's take the same situation. Now I have a player that overcalls. I don't need to ever raise them with a suited connector if I'm if we're below a hundred big blinds. I just don't. And the reason being is they're going to call. It's not that I can't realize my equity with a suited connector when somebody does that, but it's harder. It's harder the more sticky they are. It's harder the tighter they play. If they're playing top of range, or even if it's just a better range than my 7-6 performs well against, or and I said 7-6 because that's the suited connector that always pops out to me, but if it's a range that plays better than my suited connector does, well, then I'm going to have trouble. I'm going to have trouble realizing my equity. And the goal, one of the reasons to play these hands is to get them to over-realize their equity, right? So in order to do that, I need the right circumstances. I need opponents that are going to overfold either pre-flop or on the flop. I need position as often as possible. I need stack depth to make up for the times that I don't hit if I'm calling behind, that's when it has to happen. So a perfect example, perfect example. We've mentioned this before. I'm not playing suited connectors, calling behind with them, unless I got at least 25x in implied odds. And that's in position or 30x implied odds out of position. I need at least that much to make it justifiable to call them. 
And if I don't have that, I'm better off raising. Why do you need that stack depth? Why do you need 25x in position and 30x out of position? Is it because sometimes you'll hit and you might not get paid? Many times you just won't hit. So you got to make up for it. So the times where you actually get paid, you need to make sure that when you do get paid, it makes up, well, actually it more than makes up for all those times that you don't get paid. Right. That, that's exactly what it is. I mean, when we look at it, let's take a hand that always pops into my head. And obviously it's, it's one of my favorites, seven, six suited. It keeps popping in my head because it's one of my favorites. I love to play this hand, but here's the problem. I'm playing a hand against Dr. Origami or a hundred big blinds deep. I'm not going to call behind him because he's going to raise out to probably 5x knowing him, and I'm not going to have the implied odds. Now, if we're 200 big blinds deep, I can probably call him. But here's the problem. Now we go post-flop. If there's a straight on the board, but that straight is 10, 9, 8, and I've got 7, 6, and I bet if he comes over the top of me, am I confident calling? And if I do call, there's a certain percentage of time I'm going to find out he had 10, 9. But there's a certain percentage of the time I'm going to find out he had queen jack. And on those times, there's going to be such a horrific <laughs> feeling that I'm going to lose all my chips. Yeah, not for me. But yeah, it'll be a good feeling for you. And for those in the audience that don't know, Dr. Origami is my online screen name. It's because I have an advanced degree in folding. That's the problem, right? There's going to be times when if you call behind, it's worse when you call behind. There's going to be times you're going to call behind and you're going to hit seven, but it's going to be second pair or third pair. And you're going to get strung along and you're going to end up costing yourself money. Or you're going to hit seven, it's going to be top pair, but you're not going to be able to bet it because you don't know if it's all that strong. And A7, oh, by the way, happens to be in your opponent's range also. So there's so much that can go wrong with these hands. They are wonderful hands to play, but they're not that great. <laughs> they're not that great. You will have times when you should play them and by all means play them, but don't treat them like they're this great thing that everybody should be playing from every position all the time because they're not. Okay. So we just talked about when to include suited connectors in your range at different stack depths. It sounds like at lower stack depths, you can still include them in your range, but from your experience, it sounds like it's more of a deviation part of your range. It's where your range expands or contracts based on the player conditions at the time, who your opponents are. Not your default, but what happens when you know something about the player tendencies. So how can we practice this off table? I will admit I'm not the best at Flopzilla Pro. I have it. I don't use it nearly as often as I should, but I know there's a way to use it to help me train when to include or exclude suited connectors from my ranges. We're going to start with Flopzilla, but we're going to work out into GTO Plus. GTO Plus works with Flopzilla and it's inexpensive. That's why we're talking about that. Flopzilla, $35. If you don't have it, go get it. GTO Plus, $75. If you don't have it, go get it. And if you cannot afford $110 to make yourself a better poker player, maybe you should consider not playing poker. <laughs> You're going to set up some ranges in Flopzilla. You're going to have your range, and you're going to put some suited connectors in it, and then you're going to make an opponent's range. And then you're going to take those ranges from Flopzilla, and you're going to put them into GTO+. Plus. What you're going to find out is GTO+, Plus is going to tell you a lot of times to raise your suited connectors, and it's going to tell you not. You're going to be able to adjust the how many big blinds 
you're going to be able to adjust stack depths and you're going to be able to adjust bet sizing. And when you do that, you're going to see there's times when it's going to say, hey, yeah, call behind with your suited connectors. And there's going to be times it's going to say, fold your suited connectors or raise them. There's literally points in the decision tree where the decision is, because we've talked a lot about calling behind, we've talked a lot about raising, and I've glossed over this whole part that I should have probably talked more about. You're going to find there's points in the decision trees where the answer is either raise or fold your suited connectors. And for me, it's real simple. What that tells me is if I have a player that opens too wide, I can raise my suited connectors. If I have deep stacks, I can raise my suited connectors. If I have an opponent, though, that opens really tight or I don't have stack depth that make it worth calling, then I'm pulling them suited connectors. You can go through all that, and that's going to give you a better idea of when and how to use your suited connectors. And that goes to sound construction, sound range construction, because that'll help you know when to put them in there. Don't put suited connectors in your range just because you read a book that said you should or because somebody said, hey, you should do this. Do it for a purpose, okay? So here's some purposes to put suited connectors in your range. Yes, you get to play more hands. Yes, they get paid. But here's a real good reason to put them in there. If you need board coverage, go ahead and put them in your range. And when do you need board coverage? Well, you need board coverage when you're against a higher thinking aware player. You don't need to have suited connectors in your range in most positions at low stakes poker because you ain't going to run into too many of those players. You just not. Put them in there with a purpose. Do I need board coverage? Yes. Do I need to add these as part of a pulled range? Probably not. There's better hands to add for a pulled range. Do I need a merged range? Uh, yeah, maybe sometimes, probably not at low stakes. So really, the only thing I can think of is if you have a really higher thinking poker player at the table who is aware of what you're doing, and then you can throw them in there. They'll add a little defense on low boards, low coordinated boards. They'll make it so you can't be pushed off every single hand on a lower coordinated board. And the last tool we have for suited connectors, I'm going to let you take. So along the lines of what you had just said concerning GTO Plus and when to play suited connectors, such as like board coverage, the thing with solvers that I think everyone needs to understand is that it will give you the answer. It will tell you whether to raise or fold, but you're going to need to do the work to figure out the reason why behind it. You need to put some critical thought into it and figure that out for yourself. I think that's one of the best reasons why solvers are great tools for you. They don't spoon feed you the answers. Okay, well, they do, but they don't spoon feed you the reasons why. The way that we can best assimilate this information into our own knowledge base. And once we understand those reasons, that's more powerful. The second point I want to bring up is kind of comical. Dell, you and I were in a study group Zoom session last week, and I think we were talking about suited connectors. And I made this dad joke like, what, you want to call behind with suited connectors? More like ill-suited connectors. And yeah, that's a bad joke. That's kind of what it's I do. It's still a bad joke. It's still a bad joke. It's what I do. It's my bag. But the thing is, when you want to play suited connectors, consider them ill-suited connectors and only include them for a good reason. Now, to be fair, you should do this with every single hand you play in your entire range. You should figure out, I'm going to play this hand for these reasons. And if you can't come up with those reasons, don't play the hands. Now, to the last tool that Dell had mentioned, it's really aggression. Because we can play suited connectors in position with an open raise, we can represent our entire range, and we know that aggressive poker is more profitable poker. 
Don't go crazy with it. Don't hyper-aggress for no reason. But whenever you aggress into your average opponent, you're going to put them into tough decision spots. And whenever we put people in tough decision spots, just like whenever anyone puts us in a tough decision spot, we and they are more likely to make mistakes. And when they make more mistakes, we make more money. When we make more mistakes, we lose more money. So I think we kind of interleaved solutions and problems, and then we covered tools. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about concerning student connectors? No, I think we've covered it. I just want to say, listen, the, the big thing that always gets me, well, doesn't anymore, used to always get me was the reverse implied odd. When you play these hands, remember, there's always the chance that you're getting hit with reverse implied odds. Good thing to keep in mind, yeah. Thank you for joining us this week, Dell. It's always a treat. Yeah, I always love this. I love this so much. Thank you. <laughs> and until next week, stick to the plan and may all your variants be positive. This has been The Blind Stealing the Blinds, a podcast by students of the game for students of the game. If you haven't already done so, consider subscribing. And when you're not counting your chips, take a moment to leave the guys a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get yours. Thank you.